Hello, sister. Hello, sister. You know what we have to do before we start this episode? What is that, sister? We have to remind everybody to like and subscribe. Come on, guys. Ah, What are you doing? Come on already. Check us out. Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the things, guys. Hurry up. All the things. Did you do it? Okay, perfect. Let's start the show. Yeah, there is a lot of misconceptions where they think that it takes away the doctor. I'm not a doctor. I did not go to school to become a doctor. I am not training, like I'm not getting a certificate to become a doctor. I am just there to be a coach and to help. I'm not even take, trying to take away your partner either. That's I think a lot of people think that too. They're like, well, they're going to take away the experience from the partner. No. Uh, what I want to do is help you and your partner. I want to give tools to your partner to be able to give you the best birth. Welcome to the Wayward Lasses All the Things Podcast. Real content. Encouraging. For real women. Affirming. Loving. Every age and stage of life. Are you ready to get real with the Wayward Lasses? You've come to the right place. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the Wayward Lasses All the Things Podcast. I'm your host today, Brittany, joined by my sister, Courtney. Hello, sister. And our mother, Amy. Hello, daughters. (laughs) (laughs) And our very special guest for this podcast, Taylor Kirkbride. Hello. Hello. Sorry, we do this whole British accent thing in the beginning. (laughs) It started from Peppa Pig, I believe. Yeah, Peppa Pig. I just can't I love it. really say sister without doing a British accent now. So, <laughs> so today we're going to be uh, interviewing Taylor and her business and some experiences that she wants to share. But before we hop into that, we are going to do some food trivia and mom has got the questions. Take it away. I do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And guys, uh, you are going to have to draw from your knowledge. This is not going to be a multiple choice or a true or false. You're just going to have to know the answer. So uh, this one should be an easy one, and I'm going to try and keep it to a minimum, like around five. So what iconic meal did McDonald's introduce in 1968? The hamburger and fries? More. More? I'm looking for more iconic? Yes. Who said Big Mac? Oh, the Big Mac? I did. It was me. (laughs) (laughs) I did it. Sorry. Yes. The Big Mac. Yes. Okay. Question number two. What was the name of Subway's previous spokesman who apparently lost 245 pounds eating only Subway products? Jared. 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 Anybody know his last name for bonus points? Mm. No. Rhymes with Ogle. Fogel. Fogel. Jared Fogel. Jared Fogel. Okay. This one should be good. All right. In 1997, Taco Bell launched an advertising campaign that grew to be widely popular. What animal was the star of this campaign? Yes. Oh, yes. You're Taco Bell. Brittany, yes, that was good. (laughs) All right, two more, two more. Which fast food restaurant still boards the slogan, have it your way? No way. 
Coming your way. At Burger King. Burger King. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I just sing the jingle in my head. <laughs> Burger King is correct. Burger King is correct. All right. This is... Oh, is this one still? Yes. Which fast food chain is known to have the meats? Arby's. We have the meats. Bomb, bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So either we eat too much fast food or we watch too much TV. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. We've got some unhealthy habits going on here. Honestly, ever since I moved down here to the Greenville area, the only fast food I will eat now is Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't eat yep. any other fast food. I got the app, Brittany, and I got points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, quick plug-in for Chick-fil-A. Get the app. They will send you free stuff. I got like a three, a free 30-piece nugget. I get free sandwiches all the time, free milkshakes. And every time you get points, you can get points back to buy more stuff. So Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Chick-fil-A. All right, guys, let's go ahead and hop into the podcast. Taylor, we're going to go ahead and start... Uh, putting the focus on you now, what I would like to hear first is if you could just tell us a little bit about how you got into your business, the Let It Grow Doula, if you can kind of let our listeners know what that is, because I didn't know what that was until a couple of years ago, and kind of just how you got into the business, your passion for it, and kind of take it from there. Well, I, um, I've i been a nanny for about 15 years, and I've worked with pretty much exclusively with newborns and infants. Um, so it was just kind of this natural progression for me. And then I became unexpectedly pregnant. And also in the middle of my pregnancy, my brother passed away. Um, and it was probably, it, it is, it is the most tragic experience that I've ever been through. And with going through it solo and going through it with the most intense amount of grief that I have ever experienced in my life um, made me want to make sure that no one ever has to go through that by themselves again. Like I want to be able to be a beacon and someone that can hold your hand and be there for you during those times. Cause birth is amazing. It's magical. It's beautiful. Like you literally like you make a child inside of you, you grow your own organ for your child to grow inside of, and then you birth it. Like that's insane. And, and so I, but it also comes with like this intense amount of du- like duality where it's amazing and beautiful, but then there's also a lot of grief that goes in with it. Um, And so I want to be there for that grief aspect. And um, losing my brother was the catalyst for me. Um, And also doing it solo. It's like, hey, there's other women, other birthers that do this by themselves. Like, I don't want anyone to ever be by themselves. And so what a doula does is they're um, around for... They can be around for your whole entire pregnancy, but usually towards like the last, like between 35 to whenever you birth. And then they're your birthing coach. They pretty much help you and educate you so you can have the best birth that you possibly can. Like, I mean, chaos happens. There's always, there is always the what ifs and there's always little things that can happen. But doulas are there to make sure you are advocated for and that you get to have the birth that you want. Um, And I'm specifically focusing on the postpartum aspect of it. Um, 
because I'm really big into nutrition and really big into nurturing this new step that you go into. And I feel like postpartum is this aspect of motherhood that gets kind of ignored. So you have your baby and then um, all the focus goes on the baby. Like, what about the mother? You just went through this intense process. You, you birthed a child, you grew a child, you, you also said goodbye to your old self. And now you're a mother and now you have to take care of another human being. And you also have a new relationship with, if you have a spouse or a partner, you have a new relationship with your spouse and partner. And it's like, how do you juggle all these things? And how do you do this? And then also take care of yourself and heal from birthing someone or having a cesarean. So that is what I want to focus or what I'm focusing on is the postpartum aspect because I feel like it gets ignored. And I also feel like we have this culture that is like the snapback culture. And if you don't go directly back into normal, then it's weird. Um, and how I view it is that you have a new normal um, and it's okay to brace, embrace that. You don't have to get back to that pre-baby weight. You don't have to do like any of these things that sometimes our culture puts this like top tier on, like you have to do this, like you have to be the most amazing mother, but then you have to like also do all these other things. And what I want my clients to focus on is just being how they feel they want to be instead of trying to prescribe to all these other kind of like guilt and shames and everything like the mom guilt that comes into play. It's like, no, let's focus on you. And how can I help you become what you want to be? I love that. I love that you share that. I've got um, several friends that I know. um, You're right about the whole postpartum thing. I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't know what it's like. And I'm sure my mom and sister can attest attest to that. But I did have one really close friend that kind of just threw it out there of postpartum. And she didn't know how to get through a lot of the things. And she wasn't quite sure how she was feeling. She felt alone and she felt lost. And I never really heard it explained in that way that you said, you know, you just did all of this, you grew a baby and now all of the focus is on the baby. And it's not that, I don't think it's self-centered, but you just pushed a baby out of you. You know, there's so much happening with you and the recovery and everything that you said. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, So for, with your doula business, you're going to be there also after the fact to kind of help coach them through that and, Mm -hmm. and be there with them through all that. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, um, I think, I feel like that's where my passion comes into play. Uh, I, when I was pregnant, I, and, or I randomly found a postpartum book club on Instagram and those ladies, those six ladies have been my rock. Like we all, like my child is, she's 13 months. We still text, talk pretty much every, pretty much every day. And I would have had no idea what postpartum brought. And so that's like what I want my clients. I want to be able to kind of have that like book club effect with my clients. And like, we can talk about everything like that first poop that you have. I didn't know about that. That was bizarre. And like, sorry for the potty talk, but like, there's so many things about postpartum that people don't talk to you about. Like, your nipples or your like your joints, the fact that relaxing uh, is going through your body. And sometimes your feet hurt at like four months and you're like, why do my feet hurt? Like what's happening? Um, so there's just so many aspects of postpartum that we don't talk about. And I fully believe that postpartum, like once you have a child, postpartum is the rest of your life. And there is, you are forever going through new stages of life with a child. 
and may it be you have so you have infant you have new like you have toddler you have the like just every adolescent stage you have the preteen you have tweens you have teenager and then you have adult child like your children become adult and so I feel like as a birther and a mother there's always a postpartum stage that you are learning how to deal with um and so yeah that's I just want to be kind of the community aspect of uh, that I feel like is lacking with mothers and just be like we can talk about everything so I I think that's really awesome Taylor um is that and if I'm getting too personal I'm sorry uh, no is that something that you experienced then after you had your daughter and then you had enough sense about you to either go on the internet and search for other women who were experiencing these things, or did you have somebody close by you to say, you know what, this is postpartum and these things that you are feeling are natural, or did you kind of have to just find your way through it and say, well, is this natural? Is there something wrong with me? Um, and if you did, again, then kudos for you that you had enough sense about you to actually reach out and try and find your people, if you will, to try and connect and walk through this journey together. Um, I, for, I, with pregnancy, I said a I lot. I'm sorry. By, <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm going to go through all of it. Um, with pregnancy, I was terrified of postpartum depression and anxiety. It's something I have depression and anxiety. So I'm predisposed to that. And then also with the grief of my brother, um, mm. I was just very worried about that. I was, I was kind of, it was like the perfect storm for me. Um, so finding a group was of the utmost importance to me. I was like, I need to find other women, other people I connect, can connect with to have my tribe because I moved mm -hmm. to South Carolina, 22 weeks pregnant with my brother just had passed, like just had passing away and living with my mom. And now I live with both my parents and both my parents are like divorced. And I just felt so alone. And, and so I felt like I needed to find my tribe. So I went out searching for it and also was that I knew that I needed to be open and to talk about what was going on with me. Cause if I did it, then I would just like sit and stew in my head. And ever since my brother's passing, um, it's kind of been the promise to myself because I know he struggled with not talking about anything. So I was like, I'm yeah. going to be super open about literally everything. Um, and yeah, so I, I went out and looked for a group, um, and was active about that. Went out and found a therapist. I, um, Nectar Community uh, in Greenville is amazing. They have been my beacon of help and just finding groups through that. Um, they focus a lot on maternal health and pregnancy and every all of the above. Um, so I went out searching because I I felt like I was going to be going to struggle. And I was also scared of the struggle because I didn't yeah. know what that was going to entail. Um, I mean, after you give birth, you have the, the most intense hormonal surge that you're ever going to have pretty much in your life. And, um, so that kind of scared me like hearing that, um, it was intense. So yeah, I went out searching for it. And with that, it has brought me 
a lot of, or not a ton of friends, but a great close knit group of women that I feel extremely comfortable with that I, and I've only known them for maybe a year and I feel more comfortable with them than some people I've known for 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the tribe. That's definitely one of the things that we're trying to do here with the podcast is just to create a community of people that, you know, share their experiences, their stories, know that they're not alone, know that everyone is struggling and to just provide that platform for everyone to get their word out and, and find that community. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm going to talk a little bit, but just my voice is for anybody who's listening. I lost my voice, so I'm really sorry. I'm going to try to talk a little low because maybe that'll keep it, <laughs> keep me from cracking. But I want to go back if you don't mind, Taylor. And I want to talk a little bit more about grief because I think like you said, it's not grief in, in um, childbirth and becoming a new parent is something that's really overlooked because it's supposed to be so joyous and this, you know, most amazing, beautiful thing, which it is. I have three kids myself and my last two kids, actually my last one, um, I went through such a hard time and I felt like I couldn't tell anybody because I was just expected to just be happy. Like you should be happy. You just had a baby. You should be, and your baby is healthy. And there are moms whose babies aren't healthy or who maybe had a, a way more difficult pregnancy than you. So I think it's so great what you're doing because we need to normalize that women really go through a grieving process. I love that you said grieving your old self. Um, and even I had to grieve a little bit some of the relationship that I had with my husband because my body changed and I just felt like a different person. Mm -hmm. There's just so much involved there. So I know that part of what you said talking about grief was finding your tribe, but do you have any other practical advice for a mom who's maybe listening right now, sitting home, going through this, like what should, what could they do? What should they do? What, what's, you know, anything. I know that people talk about medic, um, meditation, going out for a walk. Like, do you have any practical advice like that for someone who's really just in the grieving process and might, might not be able to identify it or might not know kind of how to handle that? Don't compare yourself to anybody. Like that's, I feel like there's always this, like, well, this mom does this and this mom does this and this mom does that. Stop. Just, and that's like easier said than done, of course. Um, but there's been so many things that I let go of and that has been my biggest help is letting go. It's like, I'm not that mom. I'm my mom. I am me. I'm me as a person and I get to be this mom. I get to be who I want to be as a mother and as a parent. And that doesn't involve anyone else. There's no rule book. There's no, like you can follow like the Pinterest mom or this mom or that mom. No, stop. You're fine. Like you get to do you and you get to feel every single feeling that you're feeling. And you, as you move, like move through it, don't stop it. Don't bury it. Don't try and like hide it, like feel it and move through it because your children walk, watching you move through those feelings and actually feeling them is going to teach them how to have emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. So I think just moving through it, feeling it and being able to hold on to the fact that you do get to be you and that's what you get to do. Yeah. I love that you said that not comparing yourself because I'm, I'm 
guilty. I do that. I, you know, social media (laughs) is great. Social media is great for keeping in touch, but I think it's also our biggest enemy because it's hard Mm -hmm. not to scroll through and see what other people are doing. And I heard somebody refer to like social media as someone's highlight reel of their life. You're only looking at their Mm -hmm. highlights. You have to remember that, right? You're not looking at their lowest points. So it's Mm -hmm. hard for me. And I actually had to like take a sabbatical from social media for a bit because it was too hard for me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't help it. So that's really great advice. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And walking, that walking has been my, that's my other one. <laughs> I, that's yeah. like clears my brain Unfollow. and everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. A uh, question I've got for you, Taylor, with your doula business, kind of um, what are some struggles that you have been experiencing kind of, you know, as a, as a female and you have your own small business struggles that you've had with, um, getting your business to where you want it to go or where you need it to be? And and maybe what are your plans or your goals for your business here in the next year or so? I'd say it's all struggle. Um, uh, finishing up my certification to get my full spectrum doula, it's hard. Uh, with being a single mom and having a one-year-old, it's intense. <laughs> um, I mean, not everyone or your kid doesn't nap every single day for three hours. So trying to find study time is difficult and also juggling everything is difficult, but being able to just kind of be like, okay, even if I did one small task today, that's awesome. And if I didn't do one small task, cool. That's cool too. Um, and there's just been like, I feel like I, I like I wanted certain things to be finished on like a certain timeline. And I've just had to like throw that away. And um, I think my biggest thing that's been helpful is trying to find a tribe of doulas in, uh, in Greenville. And I've been starting to reach out to different doulas and that's been great. And they're a huge encouragement to keep on going and keep doing what you're doing and um, kind of help with the imposter syndrome which I feel like can come in with pretty much everyone where you don't think you're good enough. And it's like, no, you are, you are actually good enough. Like keep going, don't stop, keep going. Um, and with where I want to be going in the next year is I'm going to be working on my nutrition certificate certification for perinatal postpartum and, um, baby nutrition. So I want to integrate that into my business and focus a lot on, um, meals for families and women and birthers and their babies. Um, Cause I feel, I don't know, I really feel that nutrition can change a lot in you. And so I feel, and I also feel like when you're at postpartum or right after you have a baby, you don't really feel like cooking or you don't have time to cook. And I want to make something that is attainable Um because sometimes I feel like with the health world and nutrition world, it has this like very high price tag on it um, Mm -hmm. because they use the term superfood or like all those terms are great, but it becomes inaccessible. And I really want to make things accessible and not this, like you have to spend X amount of dollars on this. Like, no, you can make a nutritious, delicious meal and it can cost you not that much money. And, um, So that's my goal is to work with food and make things accessible for families and to teach families, women, birthers, um, kind of take the, mm, 
not the or yeah the mysticism or no just the difficultness mystery. out of like <laughs> the mystery out of like making food every mystery, night like yeah. that's hard <clears throat> yeah like it sucks it's yeah. not a fun thing to do so yeah, it's, that's yeah. one of the things I want to help with like that's just like another emotional task that like takes up a lot of space that doesn't need to take up space so um that's one of the things I hope to help with yeah it's so funny that you say that because for my my oldest is 17 and he was a preemie and I was always like so scared to like you know touch him basically like I was afraid to like give him Mm -hmm. anything or whatever and um I would only buy like Gerber baby food it's all I would buy Mm -hmm. and I remember when I had my um my middle child excuse me my aunt was over and she was like why are you spending so much money on baby food on on sweet potatoes go boil some sweet potatoes and blend it up and I was like you can't do that and she's like yes you can stop being ridiculous like you can buy a pound of sweet potatoes and save so much money and I was like it sounds so funny I laugh at it now because now I, I you know make made my baby food for you know my youngest mm-hmm. um but like I don't know that everybody knows that you can do that <laughs> so yeah. it's good you're right like you need to be able to talk about those things and tell moms like just boil some boil some carrots and blend it mm-hmm. up for your kid <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's so funny <laughs> so. I never thought of that I didn't even think I'd be like yeah you have to buy the right baby food for the baby you can yeah. just mash up some Sweet potatoes. Yeah, you can just make it. <laughs> I mean, it takes time, and I get that. That's like, that's another thing on your list of to dos to do. Um, but like my, uh, I like to follow baby led weaning, and so my daughter, um, she pretty much eats everything that I eat. Like, there's no, we, I didn't do any purees or anything like that, and so I want to take the mystery away from that as well because it's also takes off. Like you don't have to make anything. You just give them the same thing and it's great. Love that. That's so interesting though, because I mean, when I was growing up, I don't honestly, or my brother's 10 years younger than me. I don't remember my parents going out and buying baby food. They they literally would just like make a bowl of rice and like boil it down till it was like oatmeal or, or just in Filipino, they call it lugao. It's just very, very like watery rice that a baby just, sucks on and it just they can just swallow it. So the whole concept of going back to, you know, making your own potatoes for your baby or, you know, the greens for your baby. That that just makes sense to me and for other women out there um maybe that's the option now than to be spending I don't know how much baby food is nowadays, but it, it may become more economical to do something like that. So mm-hmm. I love that I guess in a way that this is coming back. <laughs> if you will, because mm-hmm. it's something that I was used to when I was growing up. Um, but I want to go back to, if you don't mind, because uh, as far as like, I have to be honest, I, when we first got your submission, the girls were like, well, she's a doula. She's got a doula business. I'm like, doula, doula. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so I had to look up doula, mm-hmm. right? So we already mm-hmm. explained to our listeners what uh, a doula is, but in terms of you know, if you were going to, if they found that, find this very interesting and they want to maybe pursue a business as this or, or check out becoming a doula, um, do you need to be certified, number one? And is it expensive to actually study to learn how to become a doula? 
That is a very good question. And it can go all over the board. Um, and also, I feel like if you talk to different doulas, they will have different answers. You don't have to be certified. I feel I feel like, though, if you, like, in certain professions, when you hire someone, you want, like, it's not needed, but people want that piece of paper. Be like, oh, yes, you're certified. Um, and I, so I feel like when people hire you, it is a huge help. Like, you could just go study all of this stuff that I'm studying and you would have know the same exact thing that I know. Um, and you wouldn't need a certification. You wouldn't have to pay for it. You wouldn't have to do any of that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I did, I did chose to go that route because, um, also if you do get certified, you, they are starting to, insurances are starting to cover doulas, which is amazing. Um, I know there are certain States like Oregon, um, Massachusetts off the top of my head right now. That's what I know. But there are a couple of other States that are covering it. And I know in South Carolina, it's going to be voted on pretty shortly. So getting a certification is, would help for that because then you would be able to get more clients because it would be able to be covered by insurance. Um, Mm -hmm. and to, in order programs can vary. There was one program I was looking at and it was strictly just postpartum. Um, and it was a way, it was a very in-depth program. Um, and that was like $3,000 to, to do. Um, and then you can do some programs where it'll only be a weekend and that's like an $800 course. And for, you have like three days, um, pretty much all day long from like 8 a.m. till 8 at night. So it's a, they're long days. Um, but that will, you'll get certified in those three days. Um, I chose a program where I can go at my own pace just because I know I'm a single mom and I don't have the liberty to like hunker down and do things sometimes at the pace that I want to do it at. Um, and, and so in my program, I don't think, I feel like my general investment wasn't that much. Um, like I paid, it was 1500 for, um, for full spectrum doula. So that is birth doula, bereavement doula, um, postpartum lactation and, um, birth educator. And then you have to buy all your own books or rent your books or do whatever. Um, so I don't, I don't feel like it was that much. And I really like the program that I'm in. Um, um, and so I feel like that's kind of, it, it can go, it can be really expensive or you can make it cost effective. <laughs> that doesn't really answer. Route. But the, the one question then, do you need to research after a certain amount of time or once you're done with certification, you're done? Um, some programs will make you do it again. Um, okay. or you have to just like continuously take classes, which I think is great because the birth world changes all the time. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. there's new information that pops up and I mean, same with like feeding babies. They're used to recommend giving children solids at five weeks and now it's like, well, maybe we should wait a little longer. And so, um, I, it's, I think it's good to keep up on information cause there's always new information coming out. Um, especially with just how the birth world change or just with how everything changes, new medications coming out and like 
if you want to become a doula who knows how to work with epidurals or how to deal with episiotomies or how to like, there's so many different things. And, um, like I've been taking program or courses on, um, how to deal with, uh, or how to work with, uh, queer families. Um, and so there's just, there's courses for everything because every family is different. Lifelong, lifelong learners. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Just a quick side question real quick. I mean, it's not a side question. It has to do with this. But in your request form for the podcast, you mentioned that you wanted um, to be all inclusive in the birthing world. Did we kind of hit all of that at this point of, you know, you were talking about postpartum and then the grief and then depression after that? Did we kind of hit the all inclusive area for you? Are there some areas that we've missed out on when it comes to that? Um, well, all inclusive for me is also in the aspect of that each family is different. So it's the LGBTQ community, it's trans families, it's um, just every single aspect of family. I want to be a safe space that people can come to and be like, oh, hey, we can talk to you about literally anything. And you have also taken the courses to understand, like you've taken the time to understand what we're going through. Um, that's kind of what I feel like with inclusivity is if you want to be inclusive, you learn about everything. (laughs) So it's a lot of work, but I'm, that's what I want to do. Yeah. It's so interesting because I'm learning so much and I'm wondering if, um, I'm wondering if you've come across people, a lot of people who have misconceptions about what a doula is and what a doula does. Um, Mm -hmm. because I've heard, you know, just like in life, I've heard people, you know, talk about doulas in a negative way, like, oh, you don't want a doula to replace your doctor. You need to be in hospital. You need, but I know that a doula is really part of your team, right? You don't necessarily have mm-hmm. to replace your doctor. So, like, have you run into that, like, misconceptions oh, yeah. on what a doula is, and how do you like t- talk about that for for a second? Um. Well, some people. Uh, it's funny they like refer to me as a witch doctor I'm like I'm not oh, even Lord. I'm not even a doctor <laughs> yeah like not even a doctor so I'm not trying to like take that part away at all and I think it's a, a term that gets misconstrued with midwife and mm. people view also midwife as this mystical thing. It's like, no, midwives are amazing. They're wonderful. They are doctors that focus strictly on birth. And that is so cool. And um, I think it's just this a common misconce- misconception. And to me, if someone is not open about learning about what a doula is or listening to what you're talking about, and they're all of a sudden just like, nope, you're a crazy lady, I... <laughs> You're going to make me do something weird and I don't want to do that. (laughs) Okay. So to me, that's like pause and it's just not worth it. Like you wouldn't want to use a doula. It wouldn't be beneficial for you. Um, And I, I feel like you really have to want a doula. You have to, it has to be something that you know about or you're open to knowing about and you want your birth experience to be something that you want it to be instead of what you're told it needs to be, um, which I think is the biggest part of it. Uh, I, I had a, a hospital birth and I had a doula there with me and it was great. Um, 
And so I just think there's a, a lot of, yeah, there is a lot of misconceptions where they think that it takes away the doctor. I'm not a doctor. I did not go to school. Right. I'm a doctor. I am not training, like I'm not getting a certificate to become a doctor. I am just there to be a coach and to help. I'm not even take, trying to take away your partner either. That's, I think a lot of people think that too. They're like, well, they're going to take away the experience from the partner. No. Uh, what I want to do is help you and your partner. I want to give tools to your partner to be able to give you the best birth. Or if there's a moment during birth where you might want to bite your partner's head off because they said something <laughs> wrong, or it's like, I'll be the one to hold your hips, or I'll be the one to kind of like shake, like do like the jiggle of the hips or push on the, your back or go get you ice chips or something, or kind of like change, change the mood. It's like, okay, that happened. Let's put on some music that's going to help. And um, yeah, doulas aren't there to deliver your baby. They're not there to be a doctor. They're not there to do any of that. And there is a lot of negative talk about that. And I do also know that sometimes in the um, medical world that happens as well, there are some mm -hmm. hospitals that are not super into having doulas because there is, um, there's headbutting between the doulas and the nurses. Um, hmm. and I know that happened with my birth as well. Um, I wanted my nurse to tell, I was induced and I wanted my nurse to tell me when every single time the Pitocin was going up and she did not, she did not like, that was something that I was like, I need to know what every single step that I'm getting like more medication. Like, I just need to know that for my own brain. Um, and at one point the nurse told me, she's like, well, you're all the way up to an eight. It's like, well, I was at a two, like six hours ago. Where, when did this happen? Because you didn't tell me. And, um, and that was when my doula stepped in. And so, but, cause I was in the throes of contractions and not able to like figure out what was up or down. And she was able to help communicate that for me and be like, this isn't her birth plan. This is something that she wanted. And like, let's respect those wishes instead of ignoring everything that she's saying, because she does have a right to that. And that's what your doula, doula is there to do because birth is like, you're, you're in it. You are in the like birth zone. And sometimes you can't get out and have a conversation with the nurse that you're like, whoa, 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 this isn't what I want. And so they really help you stop and pause and take time to consider what's going to happen. Um, and sometimes hospitals don't like that. Yeah. And, and advocating for her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for clarifying that because I know I had a lot of misconceptions about what a doula was. So mm -hmm. thank you for clarifying that. A lot that. of people do. Yeah. I find it so interesting. I'm just, I know it's kind of rude, but I'm just like Googling and I'm like, oh my God, I had no idea. And I had no idea. <laughs> so that being said, Taylor, is there anything that we didn't touch upon that you would like to share about being a doula? Maybe some of the challenges that, that, that you face again, that we didn't hit upon that you want our listeners to know. Mm. No, I mean, the challenges for me, it's kind of, you have to hustle yourself, which is kind of hard. Like I have a hard time selling myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, kind of a take it or leave it person. And so I was like, oh, you either like me or you don't. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hire me. That'd be cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of fun. Uh, I know stuff. So that, that is the hard part about being, you're being a boss and that's hard. And that does, 
when you have a small business, that's kind of what comes into play is having that and also not having a competition with other doulas. And um, mm. it's like watching other doulas get more business than you. Um, that's okay. Like not that doula can't take every single birthing person in the upstate area. Like I promise. I can promise right. you that. So there's always, there's so like birth is always going to be happening. And um, I think that's an important thing to remember if you're wanting to get into the business, like don't sell yourself short. And if you think there's too many doulas in the area, no, there isn't because there's always going to be more people having birth. And with also with, I think, more knowledge of doulas coming about and the fact that insurances are going to start, um, or hopefully are going to be approved. Like you can use insurance to hire a doula. I hope that birthers will use doulas more frequently. And so I think that it is an up and coming field to get into. Cause I think everyone deserves a coach. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's coaches for everything. There's coaches for fitness and, you know, mm-hmm. eating right and the coach for this coach for that. And I think this is definitely an area where people don't think to ask for help because like you mentioned before, yeah. it's supposed to be this glorious moment and it's not necessarily that, that that's the focus. So I, I love what you're doing. I love what you've brought to the table with this. I love that you shared all this information. It's been so helpful and so awesome. I've learned so much stuff. Um, before I, <clears throat> we kind of get to the end of it, um, I did want to touch base on the butter tattoo because you said you love food. Um, and then you had also mentioned that you were trying to start your own, you know, side food business. I didn't know if you wanted mm-hmm. to share a little bit about that and kind of just uh, just let us know a little bit of what, what else you got in the works on that. Uh, so butter tattoo is uh, <laughs> uh, me and my <laughs> girlfriend eons ago, like one of my friends, we were sitting one night talking. She is now a tattoo artist. We were sitting and talking about tattoo ideas. And um, I was like, it'd be so co- you're so cool to have butter. And you have slices of butter that are like flying off and turning into a butterfly. Kind of like the, I don't know if you guys have seen the Disney um, Alice yeah. in Wonderland where you have the toast with the butter on it. It's kind of like yeah. that. Um, okay. And so, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I have, so my my butter has wings, so it's my butterfly. <laughs> um, That's awesome. And I got it. It was right after I got divorced and I got like got three tattoos right after I got divorced. I was like, I have to do something crazy. Uh, so I got three tattoos and that one, um, I, I contacted the, the tattoo artist that I was going to and I told him about my idea. He's like, this is weird. I don't know how to do this. Um, and then the night before I was going to get it, my friend, she emailed me a picture of this. She's like, oh my gosh, I was sketching one night and this kept like popped in my head that I hadn't drawn this yet. And so it's um, a drawing that I have of my friend on me now, which I'm really excited about. That's awesome. (laughs) And my food business is, um, well, so when I lived in California, I would do these uh, small supper clubs and I would have um, about 12 to 15 people over at my house. And I used to, uh, I used to farm. So I had a small like homestead, five acre homestead where I had sheep and chicken and ducks and 
had like a little almost half acre garden and then worked on a property that was 40, 40 acres. Um, and they had a little bit of everything. So I raised and grew pretty much everything um, would try to raise and grow pretty much everything that I would have at these dinners. Um, and it would be like a five course meal, um, would start the evening off usually with a huge grazing board. Um, and then kind of like a signature cocktail and then wine pairing or beer pairing throughout the evening. Um, and just kind of make it, uh, I like one time I tried it to be this fancy, more upscale thing. And then I moved quickly back to family style because I'm more family style. Like let's sit around the table, let's eat together. Let's talk about what this food is. Let's talk about what the dish, dish is. And I really view food as like, it's my heart on my sleeve. Like if I am going to cook you a meal, it's because I love you and I want to share my love with you. Um, so that's what I'm hopefully trying to get back into and working my way through it. I've just been cooking for people. It's like, I'll cook for you. I'll cook for you. Um, to hopefully spread the word, um, and have these more small, intimate dinners and, um, yeah, getting into the food world again is hard. Uh, it took me a while and, in California. Um, but I eventually, uh, right before COVID was hired to work with, um, a winery and do my, um, I call them supper clubs. And so we were going to do Sunday supper clubs with Taylor, uh, at a winery and, um, and then COVID hit, but yeah, so I'm trying to do that again out here. Um, and just have small little intimate dinners. Love that. That sounds like so much fun. All right. Yeah. So we are going to um, start closing it out. Taylor, could you mention your social media handles or your websites or the name of your business one more time for all of our listeners so they can find you um, and your awesome, yes. your awesome. So, <laughs> thanks. Um, my Instagram ha- handle is uh, at Taylor D magic. And then for my business, it is let it grow doula and there's a period in between each word um and then website i'm currently working on so that will be shown on the, the my instagram handle okay perfect perfect that's awesome well do you guys did you have anything left for taylor to ask her no i think i covered everything yeah, I've had a blast. Like I said, I've learned so yeah. much. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and kind of, you know, putting down like the misconceptions of what a doula is. I just love how passionate you are about it and, and, you know, bringing ad and being an advocate um, for women who are going through this. It's an area that I definitely think needs exploring. And I think you're a perfect match or have the best energy to kind of help people through these difficult times. So thank, thank you, you so much for joining us, Taylor. Yeah, um, and thanks. everybody... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, just um, thank you so much for having me. Oh, perfect. This was we'll fun. have you back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and for everybody at home listening, thank you so much for being here with us today. Remember, this is going to be on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. We are on all of the things. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. So make sure you check us out. If you want to be on the podcast, you can head to our website at www.waywardlasses.com. There's a podcast request form that you can fill out there. Um, and we even have a Gmail, waywardlasses at gmail.com that you can uh, send in some questions or if you want it to be on the podcast as well. Um, mom, Court, was one of you want to close us out for today? Take it away, Mom. All right, Court. All right. <laughs> 
Thanks again, Taylor, so much for joining us. This really was fun, and I really did learn a lot. So again, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, and then until next time, guys, we are the Wayward Lives. Just reminding you to keep it real. Bye, guys, and thanks so much, Taylor. Bye. Bye. Thank you.